Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juicebox. And while we often do episodes about raising children, the history and fun facts of Nashville, and an occasional pop culture topic, this week we get to do something really special, something we have never done before, uh, which is to dedicate an entire episode to highlighting a local Nashville business. Today in the studio, we have Marcus Bugs, owner and operator of Coneheads. Putting a twist of soul on your classic chicken and waffles, Coneheads combines innovation and flavor that will leave you filled and satisfied. Located in East Nashville, open just before a pandemic, and one of my <laughs> weekly go-tos for lunch, uh, Marcus has created something special on the East Side that, if you try it once, it will keep you coming back for more. Um, we're gonna start. We we're gonna start kind of a, a tradition on raising Nashville podcast and do a series on local businesses. Um, we are so happy that uh, Marcus has come in for the very first one. So Marcus, thanks for taking the time to uh, come by today and give us a little taste of your story uh, of a local small business in Nashville. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we have to ask and and. There might be many of our listenership out there who hasn't been able to uh, get to Coneheads or uh, potentially hasn't even heard of it. Um, I know it because I was excited before this thing even started. I remember <laughs> my local coffee shop that I go to most mornings, they were like, hey, have you heard about you know this chicken and waffle place, place that's opening next door? And I said no, but then you know I gave it time and let it open, and then started seeing videos on Facebook and news articles and all kinds of stuff. So I had to stop in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to ask, how was Coneheads conceived, and what gave you the idea to start a restaurant? I, I grew up in a restaurant. Um, my mom, Carolyn, her and my dad, they opened a restaurant called Cow's Country Kitchen in Madison, mm-hmm. an area about ten minutes north of here, probably. It's been 23 years ago now. Oh, wow. I so, didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. So I think I was in I was in third, third or fourth grade when she opened. So that's kind of like where I first got used to being in a restaurant and being around that kind of environment, uh, just being in there busting tables and washing dishes <laughs> and peeling potatoes and stuff, and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's what gave me the idea for a restaurant. Like I kind of... Knew that I wanted to do something food related, just didn't know what which which path I wanted to take with it. Um, so probably about 2011, when I got done playing football and everything, mm-hmm. I started working in her kitchen full time while I kind of was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, and uh, just cooking, managing, uh, helping out, working there full time. Uh, so just that's where I got comfortable being in the kitchen, being around her, learning how to cook, doing things that she that she wanted to do and things that uh, that she grew up doing. She's showing me. So about probably about four years ago, I started a catering company. Okay. Uh, the catering company is called Plain and Simple. Uh, that name is now used for our LLC for Coneheads up the road here. Um, and we were getting a lot of inquiries for like brunches. People wanted to do like brunch for dinner and baby shower brunches and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and everybody wants a chicken and waffle and you know we're here in nashville everybody in nashville has a chicken and waffle yep 
So uh, we sitting around uh, clearing my mind one night with my wife, and <laughs> and we kind of just talking and spitballing ideas, and like the idea about the waffle cone just came out. We were like, "Hey, what if we tried to stick it in a cone?" <laughs> and it, the conversation didn't really go anywhere. It kind of just fizzled out. And uh, two days later, a little thirty dollar waffle waffle cone iron showed up at the house. So my wife, my <laughs> wife ordered it. Just from that conversation, man, and that was uh, that was probably about eighteen months ago now. Okay, that that happened. Yeah, man. So that's that's really how it was conceived, man. It was just brainchild of my wife and I, just sitting around throwing ideas at each other, and the one that went nowhere during the conversation ended up being a being business. It, yeah. So <laughs> so when you got that waffle maker. Or waffle cone maker did what was it just like test kitchen from then on? Were you like trying yeah. to figure out ideas? Yeah, or we you... were just trying to figure out how to how to make it work from that point. Uh, yeah, so I can't tell you how many waffles we've burnt and <laughs> yeah. eaten and <laughs> how many of them tasted bad and everything. Just trying to find the right combinations of things and right. trying to really flesh it out and, and run it through a test kitchen and test it on people and just trying to see see what works, what takes. Absolutely. Were people like, when we were first letting like uh, people test, try it, test it out, were you getting like a positive response from the beginning or was it kind of where people like, I don't know about this or, you know, like, Oh uh, yeah. I think just the, the idea of itself, when you see it, I think it's something that people kind of like, Oh, I've never seen that before. Like <laughs> right, right. instinctively just wanting to try it because it's something new. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's got positive reception from the first time that I told somebody outside of my house about it. Cause you know, we, <laughs> Like it sometimes it sounds crazy sometimes, and then I don't I didn't want it to just be seen as like a as a novelty, right, mm-hmm. right, yeah. Because it is like it's something new, and I, I feel it's pretty innovative. But I did, but it's also like we put a lot of time into the into the recipes and the preparation of these things. Like it's nothing that we just slapped together, right? Well, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like you want to have. You want to have that hook or that, I don't want to call it a gimmick because that makes it sound cheap, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, no, no, you, you no. You want to have that understand. spin on it to make it different and then, you know, get people in there, get them hooked on it. Yeah, for sure. Like, I I don't think that up to this point now we would have been received as positively as we had if we just had just a regular chicken and waffle. Right. Like, I know people are coming to seek out the, the cone situation and then sure. when they get there, they're... We try to inundate them with everything else that we offer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get them with the cone, hit them with everything yeah. else. Um, all right, I'm going to change uh, gears a little bit. You're from Nashville, right? Yep. Did you, you grew up in this area or? Uh, like- so I, so my, my parents live out in Madison. Okay. So that's where, that's where my, my childhood home is. Uh, just various life experiences and things that I've done throughout my life have taken me and I've spent a lot of time in a lot of different neighborhoods from mm-hmm. playing football in Little League in Hendersonville. So I have a network of people out there and then from nine to fifteen I ran track with this traveling track club called the Wilma Rudolph track team. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh our home office base was right here on Meridian Street. Right okay. here in McFerrin Park right here. Yeah. So from Nine to fifteen every summer. This is every day. We were over here 
running these streets with my track friends and and people that we just knew from the neighborhood and whatnot. Yeah, I know when you go into your restaurant, you see the one the big beautiful mural on the side of the wall, which yeah. is just it, it's captivating. Like when you walk in and you see you know the big car there and the 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 chain with the twenty four and like it's kind of got this Simpsons vibe to it. Yeah. but it's got this. Uh, <laughs> it's very animated, but yeah. there is one. What is it? The street sign is the uh, corner of Lishy and Cleveland. Yeah, it was a big corner for a lot of interaction when went went on in that corner. <laughs> I'm sure. So yeah, so wasn't that's just my uh my homage to the neighborhood, man. We still uh, we get a lot of people who come in who did grow up in the neighborhood, some who still live in the neighborhood who they make sure that they get a picture in front of that stop sign. <laughs> that's <there>. that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Um, you have mentioned football a couple of times, so I, I have to ask: Can you tell us about the success from that part of your life? Oh, man, I wouldn't call it success. <laughs> man, uh, yeah, I've, I've played football from, I think I started football in third grade. So from about the age of nine to 24. Mm-hmm. So a good 15, 15 years of my life I dedicated to football. Uh, uh, yeah, went to Good Pasture here here in uh, out in Madison for high school and uh was able to get a uh, fortunate enough to get a scholarship. Uh, attended Vanderbilt University. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so we spent uh, spent five years there. Got hurt my first year, mm. tore an ACL, red shirt a year. So, uh, but yeah, man, I've. And what position is it? Middle linebacker? Uh, no, so I play outside. Linebacker, outside linebacker. Man. Okay. But yeah, when I got there, I was a safety. And then uh, after I tore my ACL, I gained a little weight, and they were like, "Hey." How you feel about playing linebacker? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, you obviously people can't see me. I'm I'm about five ten and three quarters, five eleven mm-hmm. on a really hot day. Where <laughs> I can get a good stretch going. But yeah, man, no, I, I took it on. I, I I accepted that challenge, man. That's something like uh, growing up. I was real fortunate, man. So I, any adversity that I that I've really faced in my life are things that I've sought out, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of. Things that I could work hard at, or uh, things that I enjoy doing, man. I like I got that from my parents. My parents are both from like very small rural towns in Western Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom's from a town called Bolivar, and my dad's from a smaller town in there called Grand Junction. Okay, still has dirt roads, <laughs> very few red lights, oh, wow. everything. So yeah, man, they they moved to Nashville, man, and 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 made a better way for my sister and I and. Uh, yeah, I like to think that I took on some of their attributes. So sure. yeah, like so moving down and being a smaller person playing linebacker in the SEC, uh, it was it was hard. But you, you feel me? But I, it was a challenge that I accepted gladly. Though. And then you—that's not where it ended, right? No, no it didn't. End. <laughs> you could tell I don't really. I, I hardly I, I, ever I, talk about this stuff. You right, seem like, very <laughs> humble. Yeah. Yeah. What's the name? I, I was fortunate enough after after Vanderbilt was over, I uh I got an opportunity to move to the next level, and I I got a chance to join the Buffalo Bills after my uh, senior year at Vanderbilt. Um, wow. I didn't get drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the last free agents signed, I believe, on the second day after the draft was over with. Wow. So yeah, so I uh you know, you hear about people getting these like signing bonuses like mm-hmm. first round draft pick ten million dollars. Uh so even like when you get to the when the draft is over and like they're still like highly sought after players, so people are still giving signing bonuses. So sure. you may catch 
a quarterback who signs a, a rookie free agent deal who may get like $50,000 or something like that, or somebody will get $10,000. I got a whopping $500 signed oh. on this. <laughs> <laughs> and a plane ticket to minicamp. Yep. And yeah, it was on from there, man. That's another... <laughs> Having to prove another situation where I'm having to prove myself. Now I'm an even smaller linebacker in the NFL sure. than I was in, in college. So it was a grind again. Uh, I made it through training camp, made the practice squad coming out of training camp my mm -hmm. rookie year. And, uh, you know, the season goes on and there are always injuries and things that happen. Uh, so I did have my opportunity. And I got bumped up to the 53-man roster there, second half of the season there in Buffalo. That's awesome. Yeah. That so we uh we spent two years spent two years in Buffalo, tore another ACL, oh. uh got released, did a nine month rehab and had a tryout for the Chicago Bears that next year and uh was fortunate enough to got signed to their practice squad. So I spent most of that next season up there in Chicago. After that my cup of coffee was done. I I, <laughs> I, I kinda didn't didn't like the life of uncertainty of getting called and getting sent home or not knowing if yeah. where you were gonna be here and then I had a serious girlfriend at the time who's now my wife and mm -hmm. she was here because she had a career and was in school here in Nashville while I was in Buffalo and Chicago so mm. I kind of said I'm gonna let that go and kind of find what's the next next step in my life yep was that let me just we won't dwell on it too oh, much no more. you're fine yeah. um, <laughs> i just wanted to ask is that like was playing in the nfl is that everybody's and you know what they want to get to were you like really like you like i want to make it to the nfl or was it something that uh, kind of like no you know itself? it was yeah it kind of it was something that kind of presented itself man i did i didn't never uh growing up i didn't you know, we all, we play sports and stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, I have a favorite team, and it'd be mm -hmm. cool if I could. But it was never really like, I'm trying to make it to the league. I'm yeah, trying to make yeah. it to the league. Like, that, it wasn't something that became real to me until probably around maybe my junior year of college. Okay, okay. Is when I probably first really had, like, ideas of, like, oh, well, I'm holding my own here in sure. this, in what's best in the league. SEC? Yeah, best I mean, league yeah. in college football. Yeah. And I had gotten a couple of like some interest from some agents or scouts stopping by and yeah. strength coach would tell me like, hey, this team asked about oh, who's number 24 on the film or something like that. So, yeah, that's where I kind of started getting ideas about it. And uh, I'm going to tell you what's the name. My sophomore year, maybe my mom coming home from uh, coming home from work one day from her restaurant on a Sunday. Uh, pulled into the back of our house and got robbed in our backyard one day. Got hit in the face with the butt of a gun and stuff, man. And that kind of, and you know, I, being immature and I still still not knowing that like, oh, my parents don't need me to take care of them and stuff. But I'm thinking like, man, I want to do something one day so that she doesn't have to yep. be doing this. Yep. Yeah. But not knowing in my mind, my mom is doing this because she wants to. Like yeah. she could. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. She's stronger than any of us. Yeah, could be, yeah. Right? That's just my my naivete thinking yeah. that I'm like, hey, I need to like grind so I can keep her from going to work. And there, not knowing that even after I got a chance to do what I wanted to do, she's still and to this day is still going to work. So yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. 
um, which is a good transition because now you go from the you know the NFL life and you move back to Nashville. So now that Coneheads is in full swing, what does a day in Marcus Bugs's life look like? I'm sure it's a little bit different. Yeah, every every day is a little bit different. Uh, so you know it's and it's changed from we opened back in November, so right right about nine months ago and. From the time that we opened in November to getting kind of settled in in January and February, things change. And then the tornado comes and things change and quarantine comes and things change again. So there's (laughs) there's never there there hasn't really been too many just set days in the the life of Coneheads. Uh, But generally we get up. I get up and come in and I open. I start everything in the morning generally on my own. That's my time to get my thoughts together, mm-hmm. prep for the day, get mentally prepared. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get things set up. And then uh, just throughout the morning, my employees start coming in and we get ready. We open at 11 o'clock every day. Right now, thing, things have, have been picking back up a little bit more here lately. Right. You know, when quarantine first hit, Back in the middle of March, we had a drastic slowdown. Um, we I went, can only imagine. Yeah, yeah, we went from running from six to eight employees to down to mainly me, myself and my manager operating the shop right. for the whole day. We shortened our hours a little bit. Uh, yeah, and that was it, man. It, it, <laughs> we had a lot of time to sit and think and talk and play cards. and Yeah. Yeah, whatever else you wanted, wanted to think of, we did it while it was slow. Um, and then uh, right there in the middle of the summer sometime, uh, and some of the re- restrictions eased and things, and uh, the atrocities of, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and things like that, there mm-hmm. was a kind of resurgence of, of supporting when people want to support black businesses. Yeah. And uh, we, we definitely or a beneficiary of that and we were definitely grateful for that and it was much needed at that time mm-hmm. uh just being so slow like that so it went from being dead to us fi- scrambling trying to find employees to bring back <laughs> on to just try to keep up with the demand of everything but uh but you know things have have are kind of leveling off we're getting getting consistent uh so yeah man we're just Trying to adjust to the times, man. And it seems like the times are changing every couple of weeks right now. Yeah, sure. nothing is predictable right now. Um, so, like, when the pandemic did hit, I mean, you said you'd been open since November. Like, what what did you do? I mean, I know that's a broad question, but, like, you know, did you sit down and try to come up with a plan about doing del- more deliveries or, like, trying to step <laughs> it up on carryouts? Or, like, you said you reduced the staff to just you and the manager. Like, yeah. What, what was your thought process behind how to get over this challenge? Um, so this is like some things like my, just the background of being in a restaurant and seeing my mom, being in my mom's place, like some of those things kicked in. Like you, you're just operating a restaurant, you have to be ready to improvise mm-hmm. and to adjust on the dime anyway. So right. I think that's what's helped, the, especially the Nashville restaurant scene. We have, we have a really really strong hospitality scene here mm-hmm, for sure and it's people who are from here people for, from other places and whatnot but like the that that the restaurant grind is the same everywhere i feel like like it's it's long hours mm-hmm. it's hard work and it's 
shit that you don't want. I'm sorry, am I allowed to cuss here? Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You're doing you're doing stuff that that the average person doesn't want to do at times of day that people don't want to do it right. and in temperatures that people don't <laughs> won't do <Yes>. working in. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what's helped keep a lot of people afloat here is just being able to make those adjustments. Uh, one thing that we did at the beginning of the quarantine that that really helped us is we started offering like a large format family packs oh, sure. that's cool. of yeah. our of our chicken and sides and things and uh offered it at a deal that was cheaper than you buying it individually so that that went really well for us especially over like the delivery apps and things so sure. is that something that you've like held on to like after this fact will you keep on doing family packs or is that uh, yeah so yeah we we still we still do them up up to now uh yeah you can still hit cone heads and get a family pack that'll comfortably feed four people nice so i have to talk a little about uh, a little about the recipes and sauces you serve because i'm in there like i said almost once a week i try to make it once a week sometimes it's every two uh, I like seeing you every time I'm in there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you come up with all of this yourself? And I'm going to pre- uh, preface this by saying I have the feeling that the answer is no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've had a couple of collaborations, your wife, with the waffles. Yes, 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 yes. Because the sauces, I mean, the jam sauce, the ranch, I mean, there's some things that you have there that you absolutely can't get anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. So, a lot, like I said, a lot of that stuff came through... A lot of trial and error, man. I uh, There were things that I was doing back in the day that helped me now that I didn't know that they were going to help me now. So, like, back in 2014, I started running. My mom is closed on Saturdays, mm-hmm. every Saturday. So, back in 2014, I started running, like, a uh, kind of like a soul food brunch out, okay. of, her, out of her restaurant. Cause it was it was a free space, and I just marketed it to her customer base and over my social media, you know, the people that were already coming in the restaurant and whatnot. So that kind of gave me that was my test, my first test kitchen. Okay. So I was able to make food in a free kitchen where I didn't have to pay rent or anything, right. and had free marketing because I was just. Posting it up in the restaurant there and blasting it on my social media, and my friends would tell were telling people and posting it on their social media. So that gave me an outlet to try things on people, to kind of see what people gravitated towards. And there are things that I did, like uh, our, the best damn grits are on our menu and are one of our top sellers up there. That was something that we ran in 2014 out of out of my mom's restaurant. Makes sense. <laughs> and let me stop and say that every time I go in there, you're you, you know you can get a. A chicken tender a basket you can get the you know the chicken tenders in the waffle cones um but you more than likely are going to be offered two sides or two sides come with a basket mm-hmm. or a meal um i always get double grits now i i'm the type of person who has been on the search for the perfect shrimp and grits for about <laughs> 15 years right everywhere i go if it's yeah. on the menu i'll get it and grits especially so i literally have found i, I i'm I cannot stress this enough. Potentially the perfect grits. Now I just need the shrimp component. Your grits are some of the best I've ever had ever anywhere. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are absolutely amazing. Yeah, we uh every day somebody comes in and asks like, "Oh, what's in them?" and I'm like, "I can't t- I can't yeah. tell you what's in them. They're they're appropriately named though." 
since we're talking, we're still talking about food, like for people that haven't eaten at your restaurant, what's something that you can recommend for them to try? Like what's your, what's the thing that's going to get them hooked <laughs> besides the grits, besides the grits. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm going to give you a, probably our most popular order when, when somebody comes in is they're going to get a chicken cone. And they're gonna toss it in our 24k sauce, which is like a like a honey gold okay. type sauce. Yeah, we uh use like a uh, a yellow mustard and agave nectar base for it, and add mm. our own seasons and spices to it from there. So, we, what seasons and spices are in there? Uh, <laughs> yes, a little of this and a little of that. Uh, we didn't tell you this is a front for yeah. starting a chicken restaurant. <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> um. So yes, you're gonna get you a chicken cone. You're gonna to toss it in 24k, and you're gonna drizzle the jam sauce over the top of it. Okay. And the jam sauces are uh, that's our our hot our hot version. Okay. It's good. Uh, believe me, it's good. So um, if you're not eating Coneheads or Cow's Country Kitchen, mm-hmm. um, what are some of your favorite places to eat around town? Other businesses, or you know, do you have uh, I guess friends in the industry are yeah. doing amazing things. Um, yeah. Or where do you where do you eat? Yeah. No. What's <laughs> name? So I I do. I've got a, I've got a few really really good friends who who own really good restaurants around Nashville and uh, one of them my my guys over at uh, is Slim and Huskies. Mm-hmm. Uh, those three guys are we we've been friends ten plus years now. Um, their pizza, I think, is 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 pretty stellar. It's okay. legit. Yeah, I think it's when somebody comes to visit Nashville. I think just the the experience of the food and the art and the music, all those components together, they they've got a a nice thing going there. Yeah, for sure. Um, right across the bridge here, over in Germantown, City House is probably one of my favorites. It's one of the it's hardest places to it, get into. Yeah, see, <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's the name? That's that's probably that's my favorite. Like, I'm walking in, I'm sitting down, I'm gonna have like, it's like a, a elevated soul food to me almost sometimes. Mm, like, right. Another place I'm trying to think. There, there's other places that I love to eat, man. There's like I like a lot of casual, like casual places. Man, there's a place of uh, Chicago style gyros over oh, in yeah. Inglewood. That- Heck yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's one of the best. Uh, Eight eight fifty eight bucks and fifty cents that you can spend oh, around yeah. here. Yeah, and if you go through the drive thru and they recognize who you are, they already know what you want. Yeah, <laughs> that, and that's that goes along. They might throw too. you in a peach tea for free or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, what's the name of? I got a guy, my guy Kamal down here at Rhythm and Spice mm-hmm. over here, right off of Jefferson Street. Uh, he does Caribbean food. Uh, he he's he's really good. His mom is the owner of a Jamaica Way. Okay. Over here yeah. in the farmers market. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's uh they're kinda same same kind of story as mine. Just mother mom started a restaurant. We grew up in that restaurant and kinda branched off and did our own thing. That's awesome. What yeah. what, what was the name of his place again? It's called Rhythm and Spice. I haven't I haven't been there. Yeah, you have to check them out. Uh it, it's good. Let's change subjects just a little bit. Um how did you choose your current location, like where you're at right now? Did you want to land in East Nashville? Did you look around different spots of the city? Like, Yeah, so just like I said, from spending a lot of time here growing up and being familiar with the neighborhood and just uh, knowing what this side of town is. We live, my wife and I, we live here in East Nashville. Mm-hmm. So we, we still spend time over here. There's a couple of restaurants and a bar, dive bar that I like to go to over here. So we knew that this area... 
I was familiar with the history of the area and just knowing the direction it is. It is it's a gentrifying neighborhood. Yeah, it is. And so being somebody who's familiar with it and being able to be a black-owned business in this neighborhood was important to me and my wife for us to put a uh, to be a fixture in the neighborhood to be something consistent for people to be able to come to a meeting space to come meet your friends have something good to eat something good to drink yeah yeah so it sounds like you weren't really looking at any other part of town uh, i mean we looked we we looked at a lot of different places uh but this, the situation that was presented to us up here on Dickerson Pike was uh it was good for us That's cool. yeah. and it it gave us the space that we wanted in an area that we wanted to be in uh, gives us a little room for growth because we, we got another project that we got planned up here. Okay. That was going to be our next question, <laughs> which is uh, what's next. But before we get into what's next, uh, I have to ask, and this might be cut from the podcast, but did the line from the fashion house party reach down Fern Avenue uh, to you guys? <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't find out about the fashion house party until the day after. Cause I, the day that it happened, I ended. I didn't close that day, so I was gone before any of the festivities got kicked up, and we closed at eight. So we yeah. got good and out of there before any of that. I was kind of glad that we weren't open, cause I right. feel like people would have been trickling down the hill. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't need my conehead's name linked to that part. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, so then let's get into it. So what's next? Uh, like a second location, uh, different. Man, you know, we kind of like I said, we still kind of moving with the times and and seeing what's best to do next. But something we that, that is in the pipeline right now. So up here at Coneheads, uh, it's a two story building. Uh, I don't know. If this isn't breaking news. This is the first place that I really talked about this. Uh oh, we but, got a raising Nashville exclusive. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and if you don't want to, if you're not comfortable sharing. Oh yeah, that, no, like, no, no. Okay. It's it's all good because okay. you know, So we're uh we're doing we're building a cocktail bar on the nice. on the underside of Coneheads up here on Dickerson Pike. Cool. Yeah, and it's gonna be called uh, Plain Jane. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's uh that's something that that uh, another field that I've wanted to get into. I'm not a, a barman by any by any stretch of the imagination, but I like to play around with cocktails and stuff and building team people that's gonna help us help us set everything up and build our menus and stuff like that. So yeah, we've uh gotten our demo done and just waiting on our building permit right now. That's awesome. Yeah, like you know, craft cocktails. It's one of those things that people are always going to be into. You know, you're not yeah. you know you're not going to drink a ton of them, but it's nice to go out and <laughs> treat yourself to a couple of fancy yeah, cocktails. Yeah, for sure. And we don't want to like I'm not like me myself like personally, I'm I'm a dive bar kind of guy. Yeah. Like I can go somewhere and All right, can, so you have to disclose to us the dive bar you were talking about earlier. Which one? Oh yeah, so what's the name? So uh Wilburn Street Tavern. Oh, yep, yep. Is a place that uh that I that I frequented before before quarantine and everything. Man, they've been there for I don't know when they opened, but I first started going there probably back around two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. There was a little lady named Miss Paulette. Miss Paulette. Oh yeah. <laughs> She'll buzz you in. Yeah. Uh, buzz she's got you that in. camera on the door all the time. For sure. And she ran the place by herself. Mm-hmm. And I think like every every third Thursday of the month they had like a vinyl night. Yeah, so we used to come. We used to go to those all the time. Yeah, for sure. You could come sit up and spin your own records for twenty minutes at a time. Our friend Nico started that. Yeah, I'm Um, familiar. (laughs) Yeah, that's small world. Yeah, man. But yeah, so yeah, like 
setups like that I enjoy. So I, I do stuff like that, and I go to Mickey's over here in Inglewood. Yep. I'm I'm a regular in Mickey's over there. But yeah, man, I'm I'm wanting to. I'm kind of wanting to make it like a not like. I enjoy a good craft cocktail. Attaboy is one of my favorite sure. bars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I want to, to not not something like an Attaboy. I don't want you to. I don't want to come. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you're in a place you shouldn't be. Yeah, uh, yeah. So what's name? We I'm trying. We want to make it a kind of relaxed vibe. You feel me? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm not trying to trying to break the bank on you. But I just want you to come out. Have a drink and have a good time, and that's that's all. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited about that. But with Coneheads, we do have plans. If things continue to grow and we can get past quarantine and everything, we do want to have multiple locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got some other sides of town that I want to look at, and I, we've got cities that we like to move to. And one day, like my ultimate goal is to have my cone situation inside like arenas and stadiums and oh things. man see that's perfect that for that stuff right it's yeah. a handheld thing you just grab and go yeah um oh man that would that would be awesome i have to i have to ask just really quick you grew up in nashville you played uh college football all the way up to the nfl when you were growing up were you a titans fan uh did you have another team <laughs> No, so as a kid, my dad was a Cowboys fan. This was before we got the Titans here okay. in Nashville. Yep. So I was a Cowboys fan with him. And then as I as I got more involved in football and, and moved through, like I supported the Titans because we're here, they're here sure. in Nashville and whatnot. But like I don't have a a rooting interest or anything. Right. Unless, like, unless the Titans, if they've made the playoffs or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's good for the city, right? Yeah, for sure. Because I'm from Nashville. Or if they start selling coneheads. And then, yeah, yeah, if they start, yeah. yeah, if they want to do like a licensing deal with coneheads to get these things <laughs> in the stadium. Yeah, the I'll, biggest Titans fan ever. I, ever. Think, I think it's still run by center plate, isn't it? Or uh, uh, Yeah, so I think they, whenever you get in places like a, an arena or an airport or something like that, there are vending companies that own a contract. Oh. So mm, you yeah. license through a vending company, I sure. think. All right. Um, all right, Marcus, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. If you don't mind, one more time, tell our listenership where they can find you. Yeah, we're uh, Coneheads uh, here at 1315 Dickerson Pike here on East Nashville. Uh, you can find us on social media at, at ConeheadsCW. Our website is www.ConeheadsCW.com. And, uh, yeah, check us out. We're here. Awesome. Uh, again, thanks for taking the time and best of luck in growing Coneheads into a household name, a stadium delight, uh, an all new cocktail bar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of exciting things coming from Marcus Bugs. Yeah. That was Marcus Bugs from Coneheads. As always, wherever you're listening to us today, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Podbean, please take 30 seconds to click on that rate button, leave a review, like our socials, tell your friends. We are here each and every week and look forward to some upcoming episodes, uh, as well as our infamous October run, which we are inching closer and closer to. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, horror-related stuff? It's something like that. That's our uh, favorite genre. So, uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next yeah. week. Chicken and waffles is really good. You can eat it by yourself, too. Just chicken and just waffles yeah chicken and waffles so good 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 chicken chicken
chicken, 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 chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles so good, chicken and waffles so good. Chicken and waffles so good, chicken and waffles so good. Chicken, 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 chicken. Chicken and waffles. I'm sitting at the table with my chicken on the side. My waffles three for tar, yeah, you know they baked and fried. Pass me the hot sauce and the syrup too. You said you want some, nah, bro, you cool. Oh, I love my chicken, oh, I love my waffles. When I get my plate, I feel like a model. Pass me the syrup, I'm gonna use a bottle. Hand me my fork, I'm gonna go throttle. Chicken and waffles so good. 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 Chicken, 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 chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles so good. 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 Chicken, 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 chicken and waffles. Yeah, I love the chicken, yeah, I love the waffles When I'm in the kitchen, yeah, you know I blossom Chicken for me, chicken for you And how about some waffles too? Chicken and waffles amazing, chicken and waffles my favorite Chicken, 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 yeah Chicken, yeah Some waffles to us. Uh.